Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to Linux for the Rest of Us, episode 257. This is a podcast all about Linux for the noobs and experts alike. We try to keep everything shooting straight, not filled with jargon and other uh, nonsensical um, high-end topics. We also try not to talk too much about the enterprise market because it will put everyone to sleep. We also do our part to try to only talk about Linux and only talk about other things when it actually makes sense. This is going to be a shorter episode. Jonathan had a massive headache, could not make it. I already had everything posted to do a show, so I'm going to do a show. Definitely going to be shorter is what I'm going to say. Um, first two quick follow-ups I'm going to say is um, Steam Deck. Um, I'm still smitten on it. I still think it is a, a very positive future for Linux. I think it's only going to gain more traction uh, this holiday season and beginning of the next uh, year. I think by next uh, May or June, it's going to be a much more normal, I don't want to say household word, but I think a lot more people are going to be aware of it. A lot of more people are going to want it. And a lot of more people are going to realize that when they buy that as a game system, the next time they upgrade their game system, they're already going to have all the games they already bought, which never existed with any game system ever because backward compatibility was always uh, a very measured thing that game companies did not want to include. Now, with that stated, as a portable desktop unit, I'm still completely sold on its usability, functionality, ease of use kind of thing. Um, I do think this is going to introduce a lot of people to the word Linux, to the words KDE and Plasma kind of thing. I think it's going to make a, a lot of people much more aware of what this is, how it is, how it works, when it doesn't work, and how to fix it. Uh, the other quick follow-up I'm going to give is just... Um, I did read this article a couple more times. And I had, you know, more words mean me slow. So I did read this article a couple more times about how to get uh, the best of both worlds, as far as I'm concerned, uh, KDE Plasma with i3 Window Manager. Uh, the directions are for Arch, but it looks like none of the actual instructions seem to be ex Arch exclusive. Uh, I did some investigating. I tried to set it up in a VM on the Ubuntu, and I could not believe how long it was taking just to get everything up to date uh it was literally over an hour and a half and i just said okay now i'm just gonna stop this maybe i need a different rig to just set this up on cleanly and just try it on kind of thing it doesn't look like it's going to be uh irreversible or that it's going to break a whole lot of things i'm just don't want to do it on my daily driver i don't have to rebuild everything from scratch but i do think this is going to give me a very pretty taskbar pretty start menu which i never use um and a pretty file explorer, I believe, um, while still maintaining the i3 comfortable nature of window management. So I'm going to try to have this done by next week. Um, I'm going to find a rig to put it on, but I do want to give it a shot. Uh, next two things are going to be two quick links is what I'm going to say. Uh, the first one I really wanted to talk to Jonathan about, but I'm okay with bringing it up as a quick topic here. Um, and that is uh, Fedora. You know, to be honest, I have mixed feelings about Fedora. If it didn't exist, we would have to have something else in its place because I do think it serves a vital role in the in the uh, Linux ecosystem kind of things. I'm going to say because it is the razor's edge. It's not the bleeding edge. It's the razor's edge because it cuts through everything. Um, to be a like um a a first tier developer and to be on Fedora means you're really planning for the future. I have no problem saying that. Now, with that stated, I have such mixed feelings about this one. And it is um, not a complete blank page. So that's confusing. 
Not sure why I did that. Okay. Um, okay. Here's a first look at the upcoming Fedora web-based installer. Yeah. Okay. Very, very mixed feelings about it because a, I thought we had a pretty good installer, you know, to be real. Um, B, um, not everything needs to be reinvented. You know, not, not everything does, you know, notepad works pretty good as a notepad. Vim works pretty good as Vim. Um, not everything needs to be recreated, but I do acknowledge that web-based things are becoming the norm on everything. It, it, it doesn't matter if you're doing a game, if you're doing a text thing, if you're doing a communication platform, anything it's web first, web first mentality for every and anything. Now, the thing I like about the idea of a web-based installer is web-based things are more universally understood. Uh, they're pretty mature. You know, this is 2022. They're pretty mature, but also because I know it is not even remotely close to rocket science to getting good accessibility built in with a web-based anything. doesn't matter. Web-based anything. As long as it's not crazy JavaScript, you can easily in, um, have um, ex accessibility baked in from the very start. Um, and if uh, we take a look down at the page, it says Fenora announces the first public preview of its new web-based Anaconda installer significantly simplified the installation process. Um, I'm almost afraid of oversimplification on anything because... I like knobs. I like bells. I like whistles. I like tweaking. Um, as long as it allows me to do some deep digging, but it has the guided path towards simplicity, I'm perfectly okay with. Um, I'll say like this, this looks simplistic. It looks, and I mean that in a good way, simplistic. It looks like uh, for people new to Linux or people who need uh, a very simple installer, or if you really do need easily accessibility baked in, this looks like they might be on something. Not going to lie. Um, if this has good accessibility, I could see this being the de facto standard installer on a majority of platforms. I don't want to say operating systems, but on the majority of distros in less than two and a half, three years. Um, just because I do think like the old uh, Linus Torvald saying, I want to say he said it at around 98 or 99 um, the cream always rises to the top. Um, the, the, the thing he likes about open source is, uh, you don't have to worry about fighting. You don't have to worry about people playing fair. You don't have to worry about people, you know, stabbing others in the back. You don't have to worry about someone, uh, funneling money into a cause because the cream will always rise to the crop. The best will always, um, have a way of succeeding in the realm of open source. Um, because usability, you know, uh, ease of use and availability kind of trumps everything. And if this installer can meet all those needs, I think it's going to be a pretty big hit. I think I'm pretty uh, comfortable with saying. Okay. Now the last one here, this one really comes with a couple vexing um, uh, ways of looking at this uh, perceptions. Um, it depends on how you look at this. Um, I, I wholeheartedly think and believe. Um, and it is uh over at Ars Technica, I believe. Uh, sorry, make use of. Um, pay phones are coming back to Philadelphia thanks to Linux. No quarters required. Okay, now, if I were to ask even the moderate Linux person, okay, you need to make a telephone system. Tell me what you're going to use in this telephone system, okay? Most of them will 
you know, distros up to you as long as it's solid, as long as it's secure, as long as it's tight, as long as it's small, you'll be perfectly fine. But then if I start to ask you what are going to be some of the backbones of this thing, and I'm pretty sure that we're all going to basically kind of um come into the same kind of thing. Um, And real quick, this is called Fitel, which I think is the perfect name for it since it's going to be in Philadelphia, P-H-I-L. T-E-L, Fitel. Um, and if you take a look down through it, you will figure out, yeah, it's going to use almost everything that we think it's going to use, including Asterisk. Asterisk is the PBX server. Asterisk, think of uh, the old phone switchboard with the ladies, with the plugs, with the cables, everything, making everything connect. That's kind of what Asterisk is. It is the mastermind backbone that can assign phone numbers to routes can do advanced routing techniques, can do, if you need to, you know, um, help for herpes simplex two, press one, you know, kind of a uh, thing, or it can even be like a mail service to where you can say, if you want to leave a message for Mr. Bob Dabalina, press two. And then, you know, it, it can have that all basically baked right into asterisks. It is insanely powerful. And I have no problem saying, don't be shocked if you get a job at an actual phone company and you walk in the back and they're running asterisks because it is that powerful and it is that you um ubiquitous. Um, I'm also going to say some other technologies that aren't shocking at all is they're going to basically use OpenVPN to have basically point to point in um in um in encryption. So basically, every phone call should be should should be 100% secure. Um. They're able to offer this for free because if I'm not mistaken, I, uh, I believe they're going to use solar panels on the top of phones, which is basically going to charge the batteries. For audio telephony, you do not need a lot of juice, and it should be able to charge during the day and work overnight kind of thing is what they're hoping. Um, so quite literally, you just walk up, dial a number, and you got it. Now, the reason I'm like, it depends on how you look at this, is I'll say this. One, in case of emergency, it would be nice in every major city every couple of blocks to have one of these phones waiting for you. If you need to call somebody period, whether it's, you know, emergency uh, services or your brother, Al, it doesn't matter. Okay. These kind of phones for those kinds of things is going to be really, as far as I'm concerned, important moving forward since we, since we don't have any pay phones anymore. And what if my um, cell phone goes dead and I'm by myself kind of thing. Um, so I love the idea of this because of that. Um, how I don't, like the idea of it is there's no doubt nefarious people doing nefarious things will 100% take advantage of these phones to make phone calls, to do deals, to do illegal things. Uh, so very quickly, okay. Philly, you know, like maybe 45 minutes that direction, like right there. Right there. Um, and I kind of know Philly. Um, so I also feel confident in saying in under a year after launching, I'm sure this network's authenticity, uh, uh, structural soundness, um, logging information will be tested in a court of law. I can definitely see uh, the Philly cops figuring out someone is using this um, for whatever reason, and now they're going to like send them a subpoena to get what records are coming off of it. So then we'll quickly know what kind of stuff is going on with this. Uh, phone system on the back end. Um, I like, I, I really do love the idea. I really hope Fitel not nothing but luck. Um, I really hope they're able to pull it off and I hope they're able to keep the nefarious use 
somehow to not being the majority of times it's being used. Um, I don't know. Time will tell. Um, okay. Um, I hope to have Jonathan on before the end of the year, but, um, I can say a couple of things kind of comfortably about this year in air quotes in Linux. Um, it's been unbelievably mundane and boring when it comes to software. We have really good audio editors. We have really good dolls. We have really good like DJ mixing tools. We have really good video editors. We have ve- we have really good audio arrangement tools. We have really good um, content management systems. We have really good um, text-based things. We have really good like um, magazine management type uh, applications. We have really good sharing tools. We have really good like text chat tools. Um, our browsers can basically do everything that every other browser can do. Every now and then we get a little hiccup with either, you know, Amazon Prime movies or something else. Um, but for the most part, it's been uncommonly boring in the Linux verse. Um, I will say the only places where we're seeing some activity is, of course, always on the uh, advanced, advanced, advanced um, AI, machine learning, uh, quantum computing kind of front uh rust is finally going to be i think really uh heavily used here pretty soon we're uh pretty soon we're going to have like rust we're going to get like firefox and chrome but it's going to be built in rust and all of a sudden we're going to get this jump increase in speed we're not going to notice it because three months later the web's going to compensate and make everything heavier because that's just you know one of the nature things that happens um i do think we are going to see much more ubiquity with when you walk up to someone's computer, it almost doesn't matter what they're running. If you want to show them something, you can just basically do the same thing on every platform and you're going to be, you know, right there. Um, I do think I'm afraid to say that browsers are only going to become more uh, dominant, more important, also more of a security nightmare and more of a security risk and more security holes. Uh, Cause that's just the way browsers have been going all along um, on hardware. I will say, I do think we've seen a lot of activity on single board computing. I've tried to do some mini PC shows when I can. Uh, we've also seen a lot of activity on risk V risk five risk V. Um, I do think Linux is going to completely pwn that area as well. Um, I think next year we're going to, again, slowly and steadily gain foothold, gain respect, gain uh, attention and only become more important. Um, like 10 years ago, the average Linux administrator was getting paid more than the average Microsoft administrator. Uh, nothing's changed with that. Uh, Linux administrators still get paid more. The difference is we don't have even more jobs to pick from. The unfortunate truth is also we now have more responsibilities than ever before. Um, so um, I think we're going to have a really interesting year in front of us. I think technology is only going to keep getting smoother. We're going to keep lowering the barriers of entries for everything. Um, it's just going to get easier and simpler to do any and everything uh, to where quite literally uh, we, there's no reason why we can't have our six or eight year olds kids running pie hole on an old laptop in their room because they're tired of seeing ads on YouTube or something. And, you know, we don't even know they did it until you know, we asked them, what's that laptop doing in the corner? I think that kind of thing is becoming even more and more plausible possible. Um, but, you know, time will tell. Uh, I want to say thank you to Bruce uh, for helping me in the past. Steve C. helped me in the past. Mr. Coop, Super Coop. 
Uh, he is doing much better than the last time I talked to him, so he's doing pretty good. Uh, Jonathan is always, uh, anytime he can help me, it's always appreciated. I also want to take time to thank everyone who sends in any emails, anybody who, hang, who hangs out with me on any platforms I'm on. Uh, it's definitely appreciative. Um, some people look at the word distraction as a bad thing. Uh, to me, distractions are good things because it keeps my mind focusing on getting stuff done, um, having fun, or just, uh, you know, um, trying to communicate with, with other people. So with that, uh, do not hesitate. Send me an email, Lennox for the rest of us at um, podcast at Lennox for the rest of us.com, or you can send me an email at door, geek at gmail.com or mail at pod.com. You can send me a voicemail as well, 7076-PODNUT, or simply on any platform, hit record and send me the audio file. Uh, with that, I want to thank everyone for hanging out, thanking everyone for their support, and I hope to talk to everyone again real soon.